I do warmly welcome each one of you as you have chosen to, to join us to celebrate the amazing love of our God. We're a church that loves to worship together. We pray, we praise, we open up God's Word, and we respond, we listen to perhaps what God is teaching each one of us because it's different. Today we begin our Christmas series called Visitations. Now if we're honest, Christmas brings, well, a different response for each one of us. Some of us have been a little nagged. Now I'm not saying everyone, but nagged about the Christmas tree that's supposed to have been up a few days ago. And the ornaments that are supposed to have been hung. And the lights. Do you believe you have to go up on the roof, some of you, to put these lights up? And so eventually you, you have this to-do list. And you have to go shopping. And you have to and start wrapping presents. And all of a sudden, you get, well, caught up in the Christmas frenzy. Now, some deal with it very well. I get it. But others can maybe miss out on one of the most amazing seasons of the year. We're hoping that you'll be able to take a step back. In spite of all the things that are going on in your household or all the plans or all the trips that you're going to have to make, that for a little bit, you might be able to just soak in all that God has for each one of you. You know, the other word that I mentioned was visitations or a visit. Now again, some of you, you hear that word. Well, we're going to have Aunt Mildred visit us. Now, whoever Aunt Mildred is, and however wonderful she is, and however many presents that she brings, Aunt Mildred's visit changes things. All right? She takes over the bathroom. She stays up late. She absolutely is obnoxious around the table. You interact with people differently. You focus on people differently. But Aunt Mildred's visit, no matter what we say, changes things. They do. Well, in our series, we have folks who are doing some visiting. And our hope is this, is that when, well, these people over the next four weeks or angels visit us, that it helps us understand a little bit about who God is. If you've been part of our church for very long, you, you recognize that what we try to do very often is, what does God look like? Who is God? How does He act? How can I get to know Him better? And what is He saying to me? Well, my guess is that God has a message not only today, but during this Christmas season for every one of you. There's an A doubt in my mind. This is not just another service. It's not just another time that we gather together and sit in rows. It's a time, I think, for God to meet us 
and to encourage us and to convict us and to strengthen us. Well, today, Mary and Joseph are visited by angels. Angels. These visits have changed, well, their lives, but I think they're going to change ours. Where is he? This is not happening. He should be back by now. All I can say is, this is not happening. Look, get over it. It's happening, but it's not like Gabriel to be late. I hope nothing went wrong. Wait a minute, I think I see him. Yes, that's him over there. Here he comes. Don't ask him anything. You know how he is about this stuff. He'll tell us when he's ready. Just act natural. Well, out with it, what'd she say? Nice job, very natural. I can't help it. Will she do it? Yes, she'll do it. Yes! This can't be happening. Tell us everything. What's she like? Is she ready? Can she do it? She must be a very special young lady. You know, she's really not. In fact, she seems very human. And all of us know nothing good will ever come from humanity. But she's a very special human, right? Like royalty or a princess? No, she's just a regular girl. Nothing special. Now there's a surprise. Then how did you convince her to take the job? Really, all they ever do is ask for things. They're never willing to do anything that God wants. Actually, it was easier than I thought. When God first told me what I was to do, I'll admit, I had my doubts. But loving his voice, he told me to seek a young girl named Mary and tell her his wonderful plan for her. So off I went. When I found her, I took a deep breath, set my jaw, and gently appeared before her. You have to be careful about these things, you know. You can never be certain how human beings are going to react when visited by an angel. Tell me about it. Like the time that God had me appear to Gideon. Hey, do you mind? I'd like to hear this. Just as I was told, I called Mary by name and told her of his one, I told, told her I God had chosen her to bear a baby. His name was to be Jesus. He was to be the Savior of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the source of man's salvation for sin. How'd she take it? Just as I expected. She, at first, she was scared, not just by me, but of the news that I brought her. But the more we talked, I began to see her fear change. It was like a wonderful peace fell over her. Then she simply said, if that's what God wanted her to do, then she knew he would give her the strength to do it. Even you have to admit, that's pretty wise for a girl so young. I still think this whole thing is a mistake. Hey, give her a break, will you? What happened next? As I looked through her eyes, something began to t- change. I saw a wonderful happiness well within her. Then I knew that maybe this whole thing worked out just fine. Hey, maybe she's Mandy's bright spot after all. Don't kid yourself. Mankind doesn't deserve this. What have they ever done but caused the father grief? Look, if it were up to me, no mere human should bear the savior of the world. If he has to go down there, we should take him. The entire host of us could sing mighty hosannas, and the whole of creation would know that he has arrived. That's it. Someone has to try to talk to him. Maybe we can convince him that this whole going down there as a baby thing is all wrong. <clears throat> Let me get this straight. So you're saying you're going to walk up to the omniscient father and say, excuse me, but I think this whole infant king thing is all a big mistake. Okay, well, when you put it that way, I guess not. But look, it just doesn't make sense. Up until a few days ago, we didn't even know this was possible. And can anyone explain to me why? Why is this necessary? 
Why does God have to take the form of a man? I mean, look around you. This is heaven, paradise, the place of eternal joy and peace, the place where God is. So can anyone tell me why, in heaven's name, the Almighty would even want to descend to that dirty, smelly, cold, ugly, hot, sinful, unheavenly world to walk among common men? I hate to admit it, but she's got a point there. I do. Do you know why, Gabriel? Yeah, I think I do. You do? Sure. God explained to me the reason he's descending to the earth in a form of a man is because he wants to. He wants to? But why? Because God loves his people so much that he wants to give them the most incredible gift imaginable. Think, think about that, will you? God can imagine some pretty incredible gifts, but of all the gifts God can imagine, he decided to send his only son as a perfect, incredible present for each and every person who will ever live on earth. Wow, God seems to love them a lot. Yeah, he does. Do you think they've realized that? Only the father knows for sure. Well, if you'll excuse me, I have to go talk to Mary's fiancé. Fiancé? <laughs> you mean she's not married yet? Just how is that going to work? Oh, this is not happening. Let's look at Mary first. Let's look at Mary. Now, I would like to, at least before we dig into the scriptures, share with you just a little bit about my artwork. Some of you have had the opportunity maybe to go see the star. It's at the theaters now. And it's a uh, depiction of the first Christmas. One of the things that I have tried to, as being a pastor here, is try to be as accurate as I can with the scriptures and with portraying different folks that we meet. Mary's a 14-year-old girl, maybe 15 years old. Every picture, every art piece that I see makes Mary look a little older, all right? Every once in a while, even in the nativity, um, the movie The Nativity, she, she's somewhat younger, but but hardly ever 14 or 15. And Joseph, for the most part, if he was part of that culture, wasn't too much older. And every Joseph I see has this full beard and very mature and knows exactly what to say. We are talking about two kids here that God chose to do the unbelievable in and through them. So if our Mary looks a little young, I think she is. And if Joseph doesn't look like he has a full beard, I think it's because he couldn't grow one yet. But let's read. Let's read. Let's learn about this visit, about Gabriel visiting a 14 or 15 year old girl. Could I have Carrie read for me, please? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. 
Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Gabriel meets Mary. Mary has been, well, promised to Joseph. And so many of you understand a little bit of the tradition, but being betrothed is probably not a term we use often here. But back in this first century, um, a woman was promised to a man. And they would spend the next six months, nine months, next year preparing for this wedding. Now, technically, they weren't married, but, but they were married. But they didn't live together, and the wedding hadn't happened yet. And this was the stage that Mary was in. She knew that Joseph was eventually going to be her husband. That wasn't any doubt. But an angel comes to Mary, this young lady, and says this, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, you have to put yourself in that spot. Remember back when you were a teenager. Remember back, and maybe some of you were even God followers back then. And you desired to listen to God and obey God and understand what God wanted you to do. Mary was minding her own business. She was preparing to be a wife. She was learning all that she had to learn. And then an angel shows up. I don't know what Gabriel looked like. I don't know if he had a little name tag, you know, so that she actually understood it was Gabe. But I know this is that Mary was confused and disturbed. That's Bible language for saying, I don't know what is going on here. All right? But don't blame Mary for being confused or disturbed. This has never happened before to her. She gets greeted. She understands completely what the angel is saying to her. But remember, she's 14. She's a peasant. And I'm not so sure she feels favored at the moment. She had to begin to wonder why the angel said, the Lord is with you. You know, if somebody tells you something, there must be a reason why someone is telling you something, if you get the idea. And so this angel shows up and, and says, hey, you know, greetings. You're an amazing young lady, and God's with you. You start going, okay. The next thing that comes out of his mouth is, don't be afraid. Well, you can say that to people all you want. And you've seen young people, especially little ones who are fearful. Don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, okay, that really helps sometimes. No, it never helps. It just doesn't. Sometimes if you pick them up, sometimes if you shield them, sometimes if you leave the room with them or something. But Fear is something that controls us. And fear would be a normal reaction for Mary. And Mary was afraid. 
But if we go back to the greeting, Mary, you're favored. Mary, you're special. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. I'm going to give you some news right now that you have never, ever dreamed of. No one has dreamed of it. God came up with this plan, and nobody, including the angels, as you saw in our skit, would agree with his plan. Odd plan. A weird plan. Well, the reason for the don't be afraid speech Mary, is because you're going to conceive and give birth to Jesus. Now at this moment, she's listening. She's hearing all this. Okay, conceive, I I get that. Someday I'm going to conceive. I want to be a mom someday. I get it. And I'm going to give birth to a guy named Jesus. Got it. So far we're there. But I want to tell you a little bit about Jesus. Jesus is special. Jesus is great, but soon his greatness is going to be apparent to everybody, not even just to you. Basically, Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. Now, this moment, Mary stopped. How is this 14-year-old supposed to respond, react to this long-awaited news? Mary was well-versed in Scripture. We know that because of her response later on in this chapter. She understood theology. She understood about the Messiah. And during this time, the Messiah was talked about all the time. Rome was so oppressive. And a Jewish person's idea of a Messiah would be this kind of king, kind of the the man that would ride in on a white horse, so very, very powerful, and be able to destroy Caesar and everything that's going on. And Mary hears these words. You are going to have a child. His name is Jesus. And he is the Messiah. She had no clue how to respond. So the first thing she did was ask a question, just like every one of you would have done this. In verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby will be born holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God or For the word of God will never fail. Oh, your baby, Mary, will be born holy. This has never happened before. The way you're going to get pregnant is, well, by the Holy Spirit. Yes, we know you're a virgin. We know you've been faithful to Joseph. But God's going to do something special. 
In fact, I want you to know, I want you to know that, well, God does this special stuff in other places. You have a relative, and, and her name is Elizabeth, and she's way, way, way past childbearing age. And she's going to have a son. So it's not like I don't do miracles like this. And in some of your Bibles, if you're following along or if you're looking at the screen, there's two variances at the very end here. And, and the truth is, is that most of the manuscripts that we get the scriptures from hardly ever conflict. They probably just build each other up. But there are two significant ways to look at this. And, and one would be, for the word of God will never fail, or for nothing is impossible with God. And I'm actually not sure which one is accurate, but I like both of them, so that's why I said it. But here's Mary's response. 14-year-old Mary just got the news that her world will be rocked. Starting in verse 38, Mary responded right away, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. First thing out of her mouth, first thing out of a 14-year-old's mouth, is, you know what? I'm here to serve the king. I don't know how the king wants to use me. I've never ever heard of anyone being used like this, but I'm the king's servant. I'm the master's servant. I want to do just what God wants me to do. Oh, wow. Joseph was getting a gem. And she said, may everything you say be true, all of this. Now my question is, would she regret her obedience? I bet she would at times. I bet she would. Obedience for Mary would be costly. As you know, when we're in the book of John, a little bit later in the book of John, about John chapter 8, we're going to find out what the first century religious leaders did to people who committed adultery. They would stone them. Now, Mary was really clear in her message. She knew that she was not unfaithful. She recognized that she was going to be married. All those things were there. But even as she told Joseph, there were trouble. Can you imagine her telling her parents? Can you imagine now with some of her closest friends? I'm pregnant. And, and the baby really is from God. And, and it's going to be the Messiah. I just want you to know that. There isn't a person on the planet, literally, that would believe Mary. There isn't. Because every one of us would say, Mary, you are dreaming. You are hoping. This is not going to happen. But literally, she could have been in danger for the rest of her life. And although there is some stigma today with having children out of wedlock, it does not carry the stigma that it did in the first century. Everywhere she went, oh, that's Mary with the illegitimate son. Well, a few days later, the scriptures tell us in, in this uh, Luke chapter 1 that she sprinted off to Elizabeth, probably because 
She goes, man, I know Elizabeth, and there isn't any way that that lady's going to have a baby. I just want you to know. i got to go see this. And she goes and she sees Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is already showing. She's quite large. And Mary comes walking in the room. And Elizabeth's baby jumps. A sign for Elizabeth. Something's going on here. It's kind of cool. But at that moment, at the end, and, and you can look at verse 45. They have this little bit of interaction. And in chapter 1, verse 45, this is what Elizabeth says about Mary. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You want to know what the definition of blessed is? You want to know what pleases God more than anything else, whether you're 14 or 40? It's when God asks you to do something and you say, okay. You say, how high? You say, where do you want me to go? When do you want me to do this? Yes, God, I am your servant. And you know what's best for me. I just want to do what's best for me. What an amazing young lady. If you look at Mary's humble response, and we actually don't have time to look at it today, but I would encourage you, maybe read around the dinner table or, or whatever. Um, but in chapter 1, starting at verse 46 to 55, she has at least had a couple days to think about this whole baby thing, carrying the Messiah thing, and being pregnant at 14 without being married. Whoa, in the midst of the crisis of her life, crisis isn't always bad, but this is a crisis. This is a crisis. She rejoiced in God who was faithful. Her whole life was going to change. Her whole future was going to change. And her response was, Oh God, you are amazing. She's probably still scared stiff. Now let's look at Joseph. You're going to need to turn your Bibles over to Matthew, the very beginning of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to have Will read for us. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means... God is with us. Joseph was in a predicament. 
He was engaged, but his fiancée was pregnant. We know Joseph was a good man. We know he was a godly man. We know that, that he was not a jerk. So in spite of his, well, wife's unfaithfulness, at least the way that he saw it, he knew he couldn't marry her. He would have to honor her some way. He would have to, well, literally divorce her. Everyone at that time thought that they were married during this period. The facts are the facts. I'm sure, again, this, this girl that he had hoped would be his wife. Perhaps tears flowed and, and said, Joseph, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I have been faithful. This is Jesus, the Messiah, who's going to be growing inside of me. Well, it probably didn't go well. And as the scriptures say, he was considering to break off the engagement quietly. Another angel made a visit. This time during a dream. And the angel's message, although our skit said Gabriel was going, maybe Gabriel did go. I have no clue. But we do know an angel confirmed all the things that well, Mary had told them. First of all, he said, don't be afraid. It's kind of the thing that angels say when you show up. All right. I know this is going to petrify you. I know this is not normal. I know this is really out of the ordinary. But I want you to know this. Don't fear. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What I want you to know is that Jesus is going to be special. Um, Mary is going to be pregnant. And she's going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is something, well, it hasn't been done before. But Joseph, I, I want you to know that this man, Jesus, is the Messiah. He will come and he will save his people from his sins. In fact, he's the one we've been waiting for. He is the one who is fulfilling prophecy. And the scripture started in verse 23 comes to us from Isaiah chapter 7 and Isaiah chapter 8 written about 700 years before this happened. A virgin shall and will conceive a child. And they will call him Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus is God. You are going to be the earthly father to God. I know you probably have a whole lot of questions, Joseph. I do. Like, how do you raise God? How is it that your son is always going to be right? How come you learn more from your son and how he treats people than you treat people? How come he has this amazing gift of learning the scriptures and remembering the scriptures? How do you do that? Of course, don't be afraid. 
you're a little bit older, 16, 17, 18. Let's just make them, you know, really old, 20. He's learned to trade. He lives in a village where everybody knows everybody. This is not like Chicago. But think about it. Your son is going to be God living among us. Now, we don't have a whole lot of interaction, but if you go back there, you just have to ask the question, what was going on in Joseph's mind? What was going on? Okay, Mary told me everything, and it's true. I have an opportunity to continue this marriage, to go to the wedding, to raise the Messiah, the one I've heard about forever, the one... Now, I just didn't think the Messiah was going to come this way. That's all. But obedience always comes from, with ramifications. Like it, look at his response, verse 24 and 25. When Joseph woke up from this dream, this is so cool, he did. Now, I don't know if you guys mark your Bibles, but I encourage you to do this. And, and if you have something, you can mark. But this guy's whole world is rocked. Nothing will be the same. He will have the same reputation as his wife had. Because according to everyone else, it just means, well, they got intimate before the wedding, before the right time. Wow. They broke the law. When Joseph woke up, he did. He did. This young man, the word of God came to him. And in spite of how it would affect him the rest of his life, in spite of feeling so inadequate, there isn't a person on the planet that would sign up for this, folks. All right? Joseph did. But the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Can you imagine that first conversation after this dream? Mary! Hey, hey, Mary! Guess what happened? What, Joe? You know, all the stuff you said, it's true! I'm, I'm not kidding you. It is really true. An angel came to me too, said the same thing. Can you believe it? You and I... Whoa, from Bethlehem, this is so cool. We're going to grow up in Nazareth. We're going to... Mary must have looked at him. says, do you understand what this means, Joseph? Well, I'm starting to get it. I am. I'm starting to understand. But they were both going to suffer culturally and socially. Whoa. As they walked through the village, as baby Jesus was growing up, the disgusted looks and the hurtful words that perhaps were said about them, maybe it just drew this couple together. You know, marriage is hard enough without raising the Messiah. It is. We've got some folks that have just been recently married right here. We've got some folks that have just been recently engaged. They are looking forward to an unbelievable time together as they love God and learn about what God has for them. But none of them, as they look forward, 
ever would have a challenge like this. And yet their response, I'm going to do it. Both of them. Mary's a little bit more sick. Joseph's not so enthusiastic, I think. But his actions spoke louder than his words. Let's look. What, what can we take away from this? Now, many of us are really a long way from 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 years old. But, but there, are some, there are some people right there. And I know culturally, maybe we would shove that back a little bit. So maybe if, we, if it happened today, it might be an 18-year-old and maybe a 22-year-old. But what's so cool is that these two young people knew God's Word. And what was more important to them than any other thing, and they were young, is they wanted to obey God. They also knew this, a relationship with this God, Jesus, would change everything. It would change everything. How they acted, how they interacted, what went on in their home, everything changes. You know, Jesus Christ did come a little over 2,000 years ago. And when he came, he ushered into the kingdom. And when he came, he absolutely changed all the price tags. All the things that our culture says are really, really important. He says, you know what? In my kingdom, the rules are different. And if you trust me, if you love me, if you hang out with me, I'm going to change you from the inside, and you are going to, well, show other people what love is and what generosity is. You see, you don't need a visit from an angel to receive God's gift. You don't need a visit from an angel to be able to understand how much God loves you. Because that's all the way throughout the scripture. And so this little baby came to the world to change it and to change us. And by God's grace and love for each one of us, sent him so that eventually he could be our sacrifice, our Savior, and our Lord. You know, I think another takeaway, which uh, kind of shouts at us, but obedience takes both courage and faith. No matter what age, it just does. When you obey, you will need to be courageous. Because even though Mary and Joseph were obedient, they really had no clue what this future was going to hold. They, they know that. And sometimes when we obey our God, we don't know what the future holds. We don't. But we know who holds the future. So don't be afraid to obey. God is worthy of our trust. 
The Lord is with you. If you are a son or a daughter of God, if you've come to a place in your life where by faith you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you recognize that He died on the cross for us, was sent to do this, to pay the penalty for our sin, so that you and I might be called a son and a daughter of God. When that happens, God begins to transform you, but also promises you his presence. And so in the midst of obedience, even when it's hard, even when you don't understand everything, you can remember that the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. That his presence is enough for each one of us. And I guess I would also focus on that when God says something, when God puts it in his word, you can bank on it. You know, Jesus was Mary and Joseph's Savior and King. Jesus was a Messiah. Gabriel and the other angel, or Gabriel did it twice, visit Mary and Joseph. Their lives are never the same. How cool is that? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for um, how much you love us. I thank you for um, shouting from the very beginning that you are a God who is creative and that our ways are, well, not like your ways and our thoughts are not like your thoughts. And we would think that kings come in carriages and are born in palaces. You wanted to show what a humble king looks like. And you gave the responsibility of human parenting to a young lady and a young man who were pretty normal in light of all the different things. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your love. We thank you for this story. It is so cool. In Jesus' name, amen.